Amen. There's a pastor locally that says, if you have a pulse, God has a plan. <laughs> you just got to say yes to that plan, you know, and there's another saying that I love. It's like when your feet hit the floor in the morning, you want the devil to tremble and say, oh, no, they're awake because we've got that purpose so deep in our spirit that we can't help it fulfill it. Right. And our calling is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But our perfect our purpose is, is all different. Not everyone is an evangelist. We can't look at somebody else and say, well, your purpose is greater than my purpose because we need each person and each purpose in the body of Christ to bring people into the kingdom. There's a song that says, there's no first in line at the foot of the cross and no one purpose is greater than the other purpose. It's just, are you gonna say yes? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Thank you all for tuning in today. Joining me on the show today is speaker, media professional, Christian counselor, wife, mom, award-winning TV show host, and executive producer of The Christian View, Trudy Simmons. How are you doing today? Hey, Eric, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me tonight. Thank you for being on. So after like all those accolades. When do you sleep? I'm just going to start out right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure when I sleep. You know, I um maybe I don't sleep, but I was watching the movie Elf the other night and he um <laughs> he was asked how his night of sleep was and he's like, "Yes, I got a full 45 minutes of rest." And so when you're when you're doing the Lord's business, you know, sometimes sleep is just irrelevant, right? I have um I'm trying to get more of it. I'm working at it, but that like I'm loving what I'm doing too. You know, I, I've got about 12 or 13 episodes that I'm working to record right now. And it's been some late nights and early mornings, but I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Amen. So amen. I mean, and that's what the Lord does. You know, He gives us the um it, He gives us that supernatural energy to do what He's called us to do, right? And so He gives us that's that's a gift from Him. Right. Amen. That's good. We're getting started out. We're getting uh, we're off to a good start already. Already. So that's right. Thank you so much for for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time to to be on here tonight. So I'm just gonna dive right into it. So I just want to have the audience get a chance to get to know you, hear more about your your background. So where are you from, and where did you grow up? I am from Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and lived. I've lived here my whole life, except when I got married. Eric, my husband, took me to London for two years. We sold everything after we got married. Oh, moved wow. to London for two years, and um, just. We were able to travel and experience life in a whole new way. Then we moved wow. back to Atlanta two years later. Oh, wow. So yeah. what, what, what sparked the move to London? You know, so what sparked the move to London, we were on our honeymoon in the Cayman Islands, and we were on a catamaran, a beautiful, um, beautiful sunny day. We were out on the ocean, and I was like, you know, honey, his name is Brian, but honey, <laughs> I could get used to being on the islands. And he looks at me and he goes, you know... Our office, he was at PricewaterhouseCoopers at the time. Our office has a, a um, an office in the Cayman Islands. I'm like, oh, let, yeah, let's move. Let's move. And so we put in our transfer. And the first thing that came up was London. Um, the second one was Australia. And the third one was the Cayman Islands. And so he talked to his uh, mentor and one thing led to another. And we ended up in London. We had sold everything. 
and London it was. So um, it started out on our honeymoon in the Cayman Islands. When I think of sold everything, that is not what was going to come to my mind. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> we sold our cars. We He had bought a house and um, for us to move into when we got married. And six months into that, you know, he sold, we sold the house, the cars, the furniture, we sold everything and boxed up our clothes and landed in London. It was the best thing we could have ever done for our marriage, Eric. That's cool. That is. Yeah. Great. And you said you were there for two years and then came back. Yes, we were there for two years. Okay. Yeah. Now what sparked the move to come back home? You know, when he, with his company, they give you a two year tour of duty. And so our two years were up and they had offered to move us to Boston, but we just felt led to come back to, to Atlanta. So we came back to Atlanta, but it was great. I mean, I, I in London, we, um, we were able to grow as a, as a couple, you know, without our family, um, our family um, input. So we got to create our own traditions. I learned about the, the gifts and the powers of the Holy Spirit. And um, it was just a, such an amazing learning experience, you know, to be newly married in a, you know, in London, away from our family, just learning about each other and, and the Lord and having to rely on him. It was just, it was amazing. Wow. Well, I'm glad you decided to come back home because we may not be doing this if you didn't. So thank you. Thank you. Um, My parents are glad too. <laughs> I wanted to, um, because I've actually, I know we're going to get into this a little bit later on. Like you have your own podcast, which I've been listening to and I've been enjoying it. Um, I got a chance to listen to a few episodes today. Um, but you have a powerful story and a powerful testimony. So I just wanted you to dive into just how were things for you growing up? How did how have you you developed your relationship with the Lord and some of just some of the things you're you're doing now? So whatever level you feel comfortable, I just wanted to see like if you wanted to share some of your story with with the audience. Yeah, that's a very um, powerful uh, ask right there, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know God has been He's been so good to me. He He really has. Um, I grew up like probably a lot of your listeners in a very dysfunctional, abusive home. Um, not really knowing truly who I was, you know, not knowing what I would find when I would get home, you know, whether, you know, my biggest fear was that one of my, my parents would be dead because of, you know, the violence. Um, it was, it was hard growing up. I grew up with a speech impediment, um, a learning disability. I grew up, um, as the outcast, basically. It's funny though, um, just yesterday, what's today, Monday, yesterday at church, I ran into a, um, a long lost friend of, I don't know, we were friends in middle school and she became what was known as the popular person. And I was no, me, you know, still as the unpopular person anyway. So she unfriended me, but I saw her at church on Sunday and it was just a, a time of healing for me to, for the Lord to say, okay, look, look, look where I've brought you from out of the pit to kind of the palace. And so, you know, growing up, you know, kind of never fitting in and, I accepted the Lord at age 12, but still just kind of left to my own. Like I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have, I didn't have anything, but I did have the Lord. And he, and I heard that one day, if you started reading out loud, Eric, that reading would become easier for you. And because of the learning disability, I started reading the Bible out loud. I started reading the Psalms and the Proverbs and it, and it just became alive to me. And then I would start reading it to my brother and, and it just became second nature to me. Um, and the Lord just started healing me um, and developing my personality and developing my identity. Um, 
as the years went on, you know, and then fast forward to today, you know, um, I have a PhD in family marriage counseling. I have an award-winning TV show and all this is God, Eric. It's, 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 it's not me. It's not anything I've done. I think it's basically living that surrendered life. It's saying, Lord, all that I have is yours. And I remember early on in my life saying, Lord, I don't have much, you know, I, I, I can't sing. I can't dance. I'm rejected by by men because of my learning disabilities and my speech impediments. But Lord, what I have is a heart for you, a heart that is surrendered to you. And I have a voice. So however you can use that to glorify you, use that. And so that's what he's doing today. It's it's nothing that I've done except surrender and say, yes, Lord, everything I have is yours. Um, and that's how I view where I am today. Nothing that I've done, it's all that he's done and everything about it is giving him glory because I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him. Wow. That is incredible. It it amazes me how like some people, and I just, I really just went to a, um, a seminar recently. It was, um, the no place left seminar. And it was basically to talk about the great commission and how to, how to, just lead people to the to the Lord by the power of sharing your testimony. So I'm right. amazed at how you were even able to share all of that in a short period of time that you did. That was that was incredible. So I think that's probably one thing in the in the introduction I didn't mention, but I, I'm going to ask this. So you're you're a licensed counselor. So did did some of your did your testimony, did your past, is that why you decided to go into the counseling realm? Is that what kind of sparked that? You know, yes, because the Lord has set me free from so many things, Eric, um, from eating disorders to cutting to self-hatred that I wanted to learn how to give back to the community. And what I did before I was a counselor was I was a personal trainer and women would come in day in and day out and they, I would be training their bodies, right? Getting them fit. And the Lord said one day, he said to me, you know how to train their bodies, I want you to learn how to train their mind and their soul. And so, yes. And so that's when I went to get my, um, which I got my PhD, which is funny because my teachers always told me I would never amount to anything. I would never go to college because I didn't have the ability to learn. One of my favorite sayings is, but God, but God, if God is in anything, then he will see you through everything. And so when I was training these ladies, and they were sharing their hurts and their pains. I was like, okay, Lord, I've got to learn how to help them. And he's like, okay, I need you to go. And I'm like, Lord, I don't like studying. I don't like school, but he made it enjoyable so that I could learn how to counsel people and bring them out of their pain and them out of their destruction so that they could walk in freedom. Because if I can, if I can go in the fire with them and pull them out, then they're going to be set free too. And that's what it's all about. It's not about me, but it's about you know, setting people free. And we're going to get into this in a few minutes, probably. But when I do Ironman races and I cross the finish line, there's um, there's a shoot that everyone runs through. And on either side of the shoot, Eric, is people cheering you on. And I just see that as heaven. I'm going to heaven. As I go to heaven, people are cheering me on. And all those people there are the ones that I've pulled with me to get to the other side. And when you cross that finish line in an Ironman, the um, 
the um what's his name well his name is mike riley he's the voice of iron man and he will say you are an iron man well done and i just see that as jesus saying well done trudy my good and faithful servant you have you have run the race set before you well and so to be a counselor and to help other people or a life coach to help other people see their potential and help them get to victory i mean there's nothing better than that are you currently still taking clients for either your counseling or your life coaching? I am. In fact, today, just today, we, uh, my husband and I went and looked at a, a new office space here um, in the area. Um, and honestly, the person that we met today, um, he was in so much pain. I just wanted to sit down and counsel him. I told my husband, I was like, I need to go back tomorrow and find him and just, and just pray with him. But yes, I'm, I'm taking counseling and life coaching clients today. Yes. Um, we, we share all of your links and all of your information in the comment section, in the bio, we will share all your information, our stories. So I just wanted to make sure before I said, yeah, she's accepting clients and I find out that you're not. So, um, but yeah, we will, so we will have all of that in case anyone in the Atlanta area who's listening is interested in either the counseling or the life coaching piece of this. So Right. And the good thing about the pandemic, I mean, many good things came out from the pandemic, but one thing came out was, you know, Zoom and um, Internet. So, you know, you it, you don't have to be in the Atlanta area because now we have Zoom and we can, you know, I do counseling through Zoom and life coaching through Zoom. And we even do Bible th- studies through Zoom now. So, um, you know, I think about prayer. There's no there's no boundary with prayer. And now I think God has opened up the airways. And so we can reach so many people through the internet, through Zoom, through social media that, you know, God is just amazing. Amen. That's good. Yeah. So now I have a training question for you. So I used to weigh 315 pounds and I'm down to about 205 pounds now. And I really appreciate something you said, because every a lot of people ask me, what's your exercise routine like? And I tell them, I don't exercise. I train. It's not the same thing. Right. Because I can train my body. I can condition my muscle to, to do something. And it's, it's just, it's a different mindset because when you're, I'm working towards a goal and then the training piece does not stop. I, I have stopped exercising. I have yet to stop training. Right. So what goes into, cause I have no idea what it takes. I think you, what is it? An Ironman triathlon athlete is what I saw that you were. Have you done 12 of these? If I'm not mistaken. Well, I've done actually 15 full okay. Ironman races. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know where those other three were hidden. I, okay. I need to, <laughs> I, need I probably to. haven't updated my website in a while. <laughs> That's okay. At least, you know, I tried. Okay. I was close. Right. I was close. What, how, what goes into training for something like that? Like how do you physically, mentally, and spiritually get ready to, to do that? Cause that sounds grueling to me. <laughs> it, it is. Well, congratulations on your weight loss. That is, that Thank is, you. that is impressive and amazing. And, and, and few people can say that they've, they've done that because it takes, it takes discipline. It takes a mindset of determination. And um, so congratulations. That's, Thank that's you. amazing. Um, you know, an Iron Man is, is, um, it's 140 uh, point what five miles. It's a um, two and a half mile swim in the ocean, 112 mile bike ride, followed by a marathon. Um, it is intense by no by no means, but it's it's a um, it's a discipline. It's a mindset. It's it's getting up in the morning when the alarm goes off and you don't want to get up. It's staying up late in training when you really just want to go to bed. Um, but for me, it was um, 
it was a spiritual challenge that I had placed on myself, you know, coming from the background that I came from. And I do want to shout out that, um, you know, I said I came from a very abusive background and so on, but my dad has become a Christian. My mom has become a Christian and and their life has they, their life has been transformed. So never give up praying for for anybody who's struggling in, in abuse or addiction or darkness. Um, but anyway, back to the Iron Man. Um, it's just a discipline. Really, it's just a I've got to get up in the morning when the alarm goes off. I've got to um, I've got to say no to certain things that I might have wanted to say yes to prior to. But I think that's just the way life is. Right, Eric? We've got to be determined. And if we want something bad enough, whether it's freedom, whether it's weight loss, whether it's crossing a finish line that we have, whether it's continuing education or writing a book, we've got to be disciplined. We've got to be able to say yes. And we've got to be able to say no. We've got to be able to hit that alarm clock and get out of bed. Um, We've got to take those steps in order to be faithful in what God's called us to do. You, you nailed it. Um, because one of the things that I've I've made myself a promise, as I said, I won't negotiate with myself. Right. I won't because once you start, once you say, okay, this is the goal. So in this case, the goal is to run this race or run this marathon. I then set things in place to try to achieve the goal. So I always try to work backwards. So in my mind, the goal's already been achieved. What right. steps do I need to put in place to make sure that I actually get there? But one of those steps I always put in is I won't negotiate with myself. Right. Once I say that I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it, that's that's it. I can't negotiate and waiver. So once I've decided this is something I'm actually going to do, such as this podcast, for example, you right. the simple one. Once we said we're going to do this, I won't negotiate with myself. Well, okay, well, we're just going to do it. We're, uh, I won't record this week or I won't record this month or I won't buy this equipment. Once I've already committed to it, because once you start trying to waver and start you know, comp- you will compromise. Once you start negotiating right. with you, you are going to compromise. So that's one of the things I said, I said, I will not negotiate with myself. I'm going to stick with this and stick right. this out and whatever that's going to look like. Well, what does the Bible say about being double-minded? That's good. I mean, we're unstable. If we're double-minded, we're unstable in all of our ways, right? But let our yes be yes and our no be no's and let us complete what we've, we, what we've started out to do, right? So many people, Eric, I think it halfway through and they forget to count the cost. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about counting the cost and you've got to count the cost. Are you going to be able to, when you say yes, are you going to be able to see it all the way through? Mm-hmm. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for the faithful few who will count the cost, who will say yes, who will not be double-minded, even when it gets hard. I mean, like with you losing so much weight, there are days probably when you are like, I just want to eat whatever I want. I don't want workout. Same as me. I don't want to get up at five o'clock and go run, you know, 15 miles when it's freezing cold or burning hot outside. But when we've said yes to whatever the call is, are we going to be committed to seeing it through? Because unfortunately, so many people are not because they forget to count the cost or when the going gets hard, they give up. And God didn't create us to be quitters. I was watching, um, Rocky the other day. And what was his famous thing? It's like, it's not how many times you get knocked down, but it's how many times you get up because, you know, life is going to throw challenges at us. Even when we say yes to God, he's the, the enemy's going to come in to still kill and destroy whatever he can. 
But if we committed and we've said yes to God, then we we get back up each time we get knocked down. One of the things that, that Redwood does, I, I go around and I help churches train up their leaders to help develop for, for leadership development and just obviously personal development too. Right. But I tell them one of the main leadership principles I teach is you have to know, you have to pay the cost up front. Leaders have to pay the cost up front, especially since other people are following you. You have right. to know, you have to know the way, and then you have to be able to show them the way, and you're still going along with them. You're not just sending them out by themselves. So you have to count the cost up front, and that may, and you need to know every. And there's going to be things that pop up that you may may not have expected, but you have to know this may take an additional ten hours a week to make this happen. Do right. I have the capacity to minister to ten or fifteen different people? Do I have the capacity to minister to two different people? The number really doesn't matter. It's more of do you know what you're stepping into? Do you know what you're agreeing to? Because what I'm getting ready to say yes to matters, but the things I say no to help validate the things I said yes to. Right. So that level of discipline and commitment matters, which goes back to why I say I don't negotiate with myself because there's days I didn't want to go to the gym and I don't like being in there. I don't, I like the, I, I enjoy working hard. I, I enjoy accomplishing things. Working is fun for me. Um, but sometimes going in there is a grind and I don't right. enjoy being in the gym. It's not always, it's not always easy to get in there and physically break yourself down to build yourself back up. Absolutely. That is not an easy process because right. it's just you versus you. And if you quit only, you know, absolutely until that picture goes back up on Facebook and you're a hundred pounds heavier. Absolutely. Now everybody knows. And my friends are going to make fun of me. I know them. I know. Yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it truly comes down to it's it's you versus you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's what the Ironman races were for me. I mean, it's a fun sport to do with friends, but crossing that finish line, what was, was, was okay. It, do I have what it takes? Right. Do I have what it takes? And am, am I going to, am I going to say yes? Or am I going to say no? I mean, there were times I had to I had to, you know, postpone many things so that I could finish this last race that I just did in in Hawaii. Um, And people just didn't understand it. And that's another thing, Eric, when we're doing, when we're being obedient to God, some people aren't going to understand what our yeses are for him. Right. And so we've got to be okay with people not always understanding because people would be like, I can't believe you're going out today doing a hundred miles on a bike, or I can't believe you're, you know, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. So you can go do this. But when we commit to the Lord, whatever it is, and we want to see it through, people aren't always going to understand our yeses. When I started Redwood, I accepted one thing that I was not going to worry about who was backing it and who wasn't, because I knew that I knew that I knew this was from God. I knew it. I know it in my knower. I'm like, I just know this is the Holy Spirit because I'm not this creative. This is like, I know that apart from me, I could not do this. I know in my flesh, I couldn't even accomplish this. So I just knew I I had, I had confirmations from various people. I knew that the Holy Spirit was telling me to reach out to certain people to help me get the whole thing set up. There was a number of divine appointments that, that took place. I just knew, and I didn't, I wasn't looking for man to validate you know, Proverbs talks about, you know, getting wise counsel and seeking wisdom right. having a, and having wise counsel around a decision. And that is, and I, I live by that. But in this case, God was very clear to me, the people too involved in this to, to say, to help me get this off the ground. And, but at no point did I look to say, Hey, I'm trying to validate this to see if God told us, like, I knew, I knew it was of the Lord. So I, I appreciate everything you just shared. 
you know, I think about what you just said and, you know, with Jesus, think about when he was coming in, right? One, one minute, Eric, they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the next minute they're saying, crucify him. And so one thing we have to learn is that we cannot look to man for our validation. We can't look to man for our identity. We can't look to man for, um, for anything. I mean, for really for anything, because we've got to stay vertical, And when we stay vertical and we stay God-centered in an audience of one, that's when we're going to be victorious. It's great to have people come alongside of us and encourage us, but we've got to, you know, as David did, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And when we stay focused on what God has called us to do, that is when we are fruitful. And that is when that abundant life takes over, you know, but when we are looking to, to man to get our identity, our satisfaction, our encouragement, I mean, Unfortunately, they're going to fail us, not because they want to, but just because they're they're human. Right. And I can see, you know, um, I can see the Holy Spirit all over you. And so because of that, with the Holy Spirit all over you, you know, your ministry is just going to skyrocket. And as, as long as you stay vertical and stay focused on an audience of one, the Lord has amazing things in store for you. And I just can't wait to watch how he catapults you to your next level in the name of Jesus. Amen. I receive that. I receive yeah. that. And I'm going to keep saying we receive that because Redwood is going to be a team of people. Eventually I'm keeping my fingers. Um, I'm not actually, I'm not going to say I'm keeping my fingers crossed and keep my prayers up for that. Amen. And I'm trying not to cry right now because so far there's only one person who's cried on this podcast and it's been me. Um, <laughs> I just don't know how this has happened, but I'm trying to, I'm holding it back right now. So thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You actually touched on something that was because Joyce Meyer's story, when you talked about your parents and how they have now turned their lives to Christ, the story that she has, and I'm, I'm hope I don't butcher this about her father. And I believe that after all of the abuse and all the trauma that he wound up living in one of the, the homes that she had on her property or living in her house something mm-hmm. to, to that effect. So did you she took uh, care of him? Yeah, she took care of him. And some, I knew that she, he was living somewhere in a house that she owned, even after everything that yeah. took place between those two. And if that's not the love of Jesus and honoring your mother and father after all of that, I don't know what is. Did, did you find yeah. it hard to, to, to forgive? Did you find it hard to honor them after that? Or were you at such a place in your walk where I said, you know what? I know this is of God and it's, it's only going to hurt me if I don't. Amen. Um, yes, I, I, um, yes. So I went through a period of time where I didn't talk to my mom and dad. And during that period of time, I would, it was prophesied over me that my dad and I would become very, very, very amazing friends. And I can say today that my dad is one of my very best friends. Um, and so blessing my parents and honoring them is, is such a privilege for me. Um, I learned Eric how to forgive early on in life. Like forgiveness for me um, is a daily, a daily, um, what's the word? A daily exercise for me. Um, but I learned early on that it, it was, it was, I needed to forgive. And so um, forgiveness comes, I don't want to say it comes easy for me, but it's a choice that I make on a daily basis for, for anything and for everybody, but for my parents, it is an honor for me to be able to bless them and to love them and to encourage them because I get to share that I get to show them Jesus. 
And when I, when I go over to their house, I go over to the house almost every Thursday night. I take them dinner. Um, but it's, it's a joy because I get to share Jesus with them. And for so many people, we're the only Jesus people see. And so for me to be able to share the love of Jesus with someone, um, is, is priceless. And so, um, I would, I've always been quick to forgive, quick to forgive what I, what I struggled with though, for a long time was I was quick to forgive, but it was very hard for me to set boundaries. Mm. Right. So that forgiveness was, was, uh, there was the forgiveness and then there was a boundary cross and then forgiveness and a boundary cross. And so what I had to learn, which was hard for me, which is hard for a lot of people was to set that boundary was, okay, this is my boundary. This is where I draw the line. You cannot come any farther than this boundary, right? Because when you've been abused and when things, when you've grown up in chaos, you're, you don't understand boundaries, but God gave us boundaries for our protection. You know, we don't need to build a wall. We just need to build a, a fence to protect ourselves. So forgiveness came easy. Boundaries were hard, but I've learned over time and I help, I helped, I help many people learn how to set those boundaries once they've forgiven. But forgiveness for those who are watching today, it doesn't mean that what was okay, what would happen to you was okay, but it means that when you forgive, that you're going to be okay. And that's where God wants us. He wants us to be in that forgiveness process so that we will be okay with our relationship with him. That's so good. I think for me, I had the opposite issue. I had no problem putting up boundaries, but sometimes they turned into walls and then I would, and then I, so I struggle with the forgiveness piece of it. Um, So yeah, my, my heart has been softened by the Lord over the years for sure, for sure. Forgiveness is hard for many people because they think that if they can hold on to that unforgiveness, then it's putting the other person in prison and that they're going to and that they're going to be okay. But what they don't realize, and we hear this all the time, unforgiveness is like taking poison, thinking the other person's going to die of it. But the unforgiveness is just creating toxicity within our own self. And then that unforgiveness it hinders our relationship with the Lord. And so when we learn to forgive, it's not saying again that what they did was okay, but it's saying that we're okay and that we can be in right standing with the Lord. And that's where we, that's where we want to be because that's where there's freedom and that's where there's healing. And that's where their deliverance takes place when, when we're free of, you know, of unforgiveness, but it's hard for some people, a lot of people. Yeah, it really is. And the thing is about forgiveness, sometimes forgiven, not only does it, it, it can set you free, but it can also set the other person free. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've seen that happen too, where you just said, you know, I'm, o- I'm, I'm over this. I, I right. forgive you and I'm moving on. And I've sometimes seen the weight of other people. Just, you just see it. Like it, it just falls off of them yeah. after that, you know, because they wanted to apologize and may not know how, mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't want to apologize. And you showing them the love of Christ is what broke them and the spirit just used that moment to say, you know what? I've been harboring the, the, the offender may have been right. harboring that as well too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm getting some ideas of what we can talk about when I invite you back. Um, oh, great. Th- this is me officially inviting you back. If I didn't do it before we started. <laughs> Perfect. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to host you on the Christian view as well. I'm looking forward to that, which brings me to that. So you are the host of an, of an award-winning television show called The Christian View. So one, congratulations on an award-winning show. Um, Thank how, you. 
how did that start? How did it come about? Walk us, walk us through that process. Yeah. Um, you know, God is, God is so good, isn't he? And so, um, I had this idea years ago of the Christian view based from the view, right? The secular view. And, um, I went to this studio locally in Atlanta and I was young and didn't know anything about TV and I still don't know anything about TV, (laughs) but God is so good. But anyway, so I went and I asked the station about it, told them my idea and they gave me the price. And uh, I looked, my husband and I looked at each other and like, we, we can't, you know, we can't afford that. And so we left and lo and behold, someone else started the the Christian view, right? Mm. Um, At the same network, at the same station. And um, and so I asked if I could audition as one of the co-hosts. And um, I'm just going to be real. And they said, I'm sorry, you're not what we're looking for. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So I, I went back down and kept training for my Ironman and started my own show called Everyday Living with Dr. Trudy. And I um, just did counseling topics, depression, you know, um, marriages in crisis, things like that. And um, just kept on moving forward. And then I get a phone call while I'm on my uh, trainer in the basement working out one day. And they're like, would you like to come and be part of the Christian view? And I was like, honestly, Eric, I said, are you, did you get the right person? <laughs> wow, <laughs> and, yeah. um, and they said yes. Um, and so I went and took the role of assist uh co-host. And and then a year later, the um the host said, I'm ready to give this show up. And I took it over. So I've been the host of it for uh four years. We're finishing our eighth season wow. next month. And um I knew nothing really honestly about producing a show, about running a show, about um but God in his faithfulness has given me the grace and the ability to create an award-winning show. We're on 48 different networks around the world. Um, we're on podcasts, we're on radio. We have a Christian um, View magazine. Um, we just started, I just started the Christian View um, Women Conferences. We're, um, we're getting together with small groups of women just to talk about how you can be an influence you know, for Christ in your community. Um, which is has been a great success so far. And um, it's just amazing what God has done. You know, again, I go back to being surrendered and saying yes, um, because this shy little girl with a speech impediment and a learning disability, you know, said yes to God and, and God is doing amazing things through the ministry. So I'm just excited. Amen. So how did you feel when, cause did you, so was this originally your idea? Like you pitched them this idea and then the network kind of kept the idea and used it. Like, how did that, or how did you respond to that? I feel like I would have responded very badly in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can't remember exactly how I responded. I remember telling my husband, Hey, Brian, they're starting a Christian view TV show. And, and I tried to audition, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> I think I kind of left it at that. <laughs> but, um, you know, of course, you're kind of you kind of think, wow, what happened? And, you know, um, you know, your mind starts to wonder. And um, but I had I had learned to surrender things. Mm. And so I was like, OK, you know, it just. You know, I was upset. I'm not going to lie. I was upset. Right. I was just like, Lord, I don't understand. I, um, you know, but I have a very level headed husband who kind of talks me through things when I kind of get a little off the edge. And, 
And so we just let it play out. And then two years later, they call and ask me to be part of the team. And then a year later, I'm, you know, and and Brian, my husband, Brian, he's like, the Lord gave you back your vision. And so, um, you know, in, in God's goodness, he, he probably knew I didn't have the funds to start it, but he knew I had the ability to finish it. And Come so, on. and that's what, that's what he gave me. He gave me the finish line. That's so, good. yeah. I tell people this all the time that what's yours is yours and there's nothing anybody can do about it because if it's, if God has it for you, it's yours. It's just a matter of time. It's his, okay. and it's his time and it's his time. Amen. And I think it's, Eric, I think it's our attitude during the waiting, you know, during the waiting process, you know, what's our heart like during the waiting process? You know, we, we can get bitter, we can get angry, um, or we can, I have this thing in my, in my hallway, it says, until the Lord opens the door, praise him in the hallway. But so often we get so enmeshed in our, by turning everything internally that we forget to see the big picture. And that's what my husband helped me understand. He helped me understand, you know, the big picture. God's timing is, is always perfect. Um, and, you know, he, he shows that to me in races as well. I start off all my marathons slow, <laughs> but I finish everyone really fast. And so I'm a really, really great finisher. And so I think, you know, that's just, that's just how the Lord, he knows me so well that that's what that's how he prepared it to come to fruition amen so what kind of topics are are covered on the show what kind of guests do you have we talk about we talk about everything honestly um we talk about abortion we talk about identity crisis we talk about um transgender um we talk about um politics um I mean, nothing is off, you know, anything that's in the Bible, we talk about and um, we uh, we take this, we take the topic and we break it down into three different points and we all bring in. So we have a panel of there's normally five of us and each person comes with their own thoughts. We don't we don't ever talk about the topics before we meet. We just come on. We've we've all prayed separately. We've all done our homework separately. And then we just come on and we all share what the Lord has given us. Um, I just recently in the last two years, Eric started doing interviews where I'll bring in, cause it used to just be panel based only. Um, so now I'll bring in, um, guests to talk about, um, like we had one guy come in and talk about spiritual warfare and how he takes, um, just as a symbolic act of faith takes, um, stakes with scriptures written on it for spiritual warfare. And he stakes property, right. With different, um, different scriptures on them. So we talk about spiritual warfare. We had someone come in and talk about the homeless situation in Atlanta. Um, we had uh, Mike Lindell come in and talk about council culture, um, Avita King, and talk about, you know, racism in our country and, and how we can bridge the gap. Um, just so many topics. It's it's just um it's just amazing how the Lord just brings people. We talked one, what our last one we talked about was um, it was a topic called when no one else believed. And it was about a man whose wife had um, was supposed to die. And he was the only person who believed in her miracle. And she is a living, walking miracle today. Um, she's alive. You know, she was supposed to be dead. And so just different miracle stories. We're getting ready to do a Christmas segment on, um, 
you know, Christmas is hard. The holidays are hard. And so we're going to bring in people who have gone through divorce and how did they handle the holidays, newly divorced? Um, we're going to bring in a pastor who recently lost his wife. How do you deal with the loss during a holiday? Um, just so many different topics that, you know, the Lord wants to, to share his heart on. You said something on, I can't remember if I watched it on the Christian view, if I saw on, or you shared on your podcast, but you said something about passion versus calling. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit for us, please? You know, I was thinking about that question. I'm writing a book right now called um, Fit for Purpose, Overcoming the op- the Obstacles Within or the, de- the Demons Within. And part of it is finding your purpose and finding your calling. You know, Eric, we're all called, right? Mm-hmm. We are all called. You know, Christ has called us all to be his hands and feet, but he's placed a purpose within each of us. And my purpose could be different than your purpose. And that purpose is kind of like this burning desire within us that, that wakes us up in the middle of the night, that when we wake up in the morning, we are just so ignited with, this is what God has called me to do. This is my purpose for him. I know I'm called to share the gospel, but, but your purpose, Eric, is to do the podcast. And that is something that gets you excited, right? It gets you up in the middle of the night or your feet hit the floor. And you're like, okay, who's my guest today? It's that, that purpose inside of you. It's just, it, it's just an overwhelming sense of what well, I can't wait to do this in the morning. Right. And so I think that's the purpose that God has for us. And each each person has a different purpose. It may be that you you want to teach, that you want to train, or that you want to serve. Some people are just their purpose is to serve, and it, it that's all they that's what makes them excited. But our calling, we're all called. It says we're all called, but few of us answer that calling, right? And I think few of us answer that calling to pursue our purpose because we're afraid or we don't feel we're qualified. You know, God has called us all, but few of us say yes to that. But that you, pur- go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that purpose is something in us that we just cannot, we can't push down. It just, it's bubbling up with inside of us that, you know, one of my purposes, I, I'm an evangelist. And so when I'm out and about, I just can't help. My son laughs at me sometimes. He's like, mom, shh. I can't help but but share the gospel. I can't help but want to make someone smile by by sharing the gospel and saying, you know, God loves you so much, but you know, but but someone's purpose may be in serving. And I have a good friend and she she can't wait to get up and serve someone, you know, the next day. And I think it's just saying yes. So I've said this in in my my classes several times now. I'm that person that you do not want to make eye contact with in the grocery store. Yeah. Because I'm going to talk to you. Yes. As soon as as soon as we make eye contact, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to I'm going to God is going to use me to locate where you are spiritually. I'm going to find a way to talk to you about Jesus. I'm going to find a way in some capacity. Absolutely. Um, because I love telling people about the person who loves them more than anyone. I love mm-hmm. telling people about the person who who died for them. I love telling people about the person who can actually change everything that's going on with him. Amen. I love, I love talking to people about Jesus. I, 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 and to your other point, one of my prayers in the morning, most of my prayers at some capacity, they, I say this, use God, use me today. Use yes. me to serve today. Use me to make a difference in someone's life today. Use me to show someone Christ today. Use me to lead someone to Christ today. Lord, use me to serve today. This day is yours. I surrender this to you. That is one of my opening prayers every morning because it gets my mind off of myself 
off the text messages I'm about to get, off the emails that are about to come through, off the traffic I might be driving through. And it's just, Lord, you, you woke me up today. This day has, this day has purpose in, in you. Like you, you have a plan to purpose for today. I don't know what that is, but I know you woke me up. So I know there must be one. So use me today. Um, so no, that, that's good. That's good stuff there. Amen. There's a pastor locally that says, if you have a pulse, God has a plan. <laughs> you just got to say yes to that plan, you know, and there's another saying that I love. It's like when your feet hit the floor in the morning, you want the devil to tremble and say, oh, no, they're awake because we've got that purpose so deep in our spirit that we can't help it fulfill it. Right. Um, and that I think that comes with answering the call. Jesus said, everyone's called, but few say yes. Right. And our calling is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but our perfect, our purpose is, is all different. Not everyone is an evangelist. Not everyone can, can share, go into a grocery store and share, but you, maybe it's service. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's, you know, behind the scenes, right? That, that can be your purpose. My son, his his purpose is he he is behind the scenes, everything, but he is good at it. My daughter, put her in the front and she will sing. She will declare Jesus. My husband's the same way. He's in the back, but he answered his call, but, and he knows what his purpose is. Right. And so we can't like, you know, they talk about the hands and feet we, you know, and talks about in scripture, not everyone can be the eye. Not everyone can be the ear. Not everyone can be the feet, but we need each part, each part of the body to function. And so we can't look at somebody else and say, well, your purpose is greater than my purpose because we need each person and each purpose in the body of Christ to bring people into the kingdom. So there's no, there's no, there's a song that says there's no first in line at the foot of the cross and no one purpose is greater than the other purpose. It's just, are you going to say yes? I know a guy who is a custodian. And he gave his life to Christ a long time ago. I know a guy who's got a high profile job in the kingdom. He gave his life to Christ a long time ago. You wouldn't be able to tell who's who. Yeah. Because they they both share a passion and a love for the Lord. And Amen. I tell people this all the time. You cannot look at someone else and be envious of the plan or purpose that God has for their life because it's going to cause hindrance in you, number one. But also there's always a cost that, that gets paid no matter what the call in your life is. Like we talked about, you have to be willing to pay that cost. But at the same time, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors of what that obedience and that sacrifice looks like to be, you know, just to fulfill that call that God may have on those individuals. You know, you may see someone on stage all the time and say, I want that, but that might not be for you. And then you always have to ask yourself, well, why is that what you want? You know, right. do you? You should want the plan and purpose that God has for you because that is where you're going to find your real joy, your real fulfillment. That's again where your call and your purpose is. It's right. it's in that yes right there. So, Amen. I mean, I I say stay in your lane, right? Right. Stay in the lane. Stay in your lane that God has because you you know comparison is a is a tool of the enemy to keep us stuck. And if we're busy, too busy looking to the right or to the left, you think about a runner who's running a race. When they turn and look to the right or to the left to see who's coming up behind them, they lose ground. And nine times out of 10, the person behind them, they pass them. And that's how it is when we compare ourselves with what everybody else is doing. You know, we lose our ground and we lose our focus. You know, we trip up and fall because we're, we're comparing ourselves to what everybody else is doing. And the Lord doesn't want us to compare. He wants us to have an audience of one. 
He wants us to stay vertical, stay in our lane, and do what he's called us to do. And that's where we're going to have the most joy and the most victory. But, you know, I've fallen in that trap before, Eric, of looking at what other people are doing and saying, wow, I need to be doing that. Or why am I not doing that? Or, you know, it, it, it you become so interfocused. And that leads to depression. It leads to so many different things. And God is saying, wait a minute. What I have for you is the best. And that's what you need to say yes to. Right. So I know that you, how much time do we have left? I want to make sure I don't hold you too long here. Well, let's see. It is nine o'clock and it is my bedtime. So let maybe about five more minutes. All right. I will. I'm going to ask you this question then, because you have had a diverse, you have a diverse and background and a lot of life experience. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Oh my gosh. If I could be remembered for one thing, one thing, what would it be? Okay. Let me tell you a funny story. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say that I loved well, and here's why when um, we were always told we could never have children and the Lord blessed us with a beautiful boy. We eventually adopted my great niece and she is our daughter now. Um, So I have a 16 year old and a six year old, but when Jonathan was born, I would take him to the playground and, and I would play with him. I would be on the slide, sliding, crossing the jungle gyms, you know, doing all those things while all the other moms were over in the corner, sitting on the bench talking. And they were kind of laughing at me, Eric, but they were my friends. And so they would, they would say afterwards, you know, you were the only mom that ever played on the playground. And to this day, I would never change that. I would never change not playing with my son on the playground um, because he knew I loved well. And if we can learn to love well, which is what Jesus did, then we truly have answered the call that he's called us to do. So I think that would be it, that I loved well. I sacrificed my own desires to love well um, because even today, my son's like, He's 16. He's like, mom, I know you love me. I know you love me. Um, and that to me is, is, is worth, you know, millions and millions and millions of gold, I guess, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's what I would say is that I, I loved well. Yeah. And I ask every guest these next couple questions. So what motivates you? Oh, what motivates me? That's a great question. Um, you know, I want to go back to again, my son mm-hmm. and my daughter. They're watching everything I do. And I want to leave a legacy for them. And I don't want to leave a legacy of a bank account or anything like that. I want to leave a legacy of, well, my mom persevered. My mom loved well. My mom serve the Lord so that they can follow in those footsteps. Because, you know, if we're not leaving a legacy of loving well or sharing the gospel. So when my son the other week went out um, with some friends, Eric, and he saw a homeless man sitting on the streets. So what did he do? He walked up to the homeless man. He said, Hey, I just would like to share Jesus with you and gave him a bottle of water and talk to him. Well, one of my things that I do is street ministry. And so 
my son is following in my footsteps. And that to me, there's no greater joy, right? Than to see him being the hands and feet of Jesus. Because if I can leave that legacy, then I've loved well and I've lived well. And to me, that's, that's what gets me up in the morning. I think you just brought confirmation of something Redwood's getting ready to do. I have to share that with you later on. Yeah, uh, please do. So why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? You know, because I know what it's like to be down and out. I know what it's like to be an outcast. I know what it's like to feel hopeless. I know what it's like to be depressed and oppressed. I know what it's like to be a victim. And I know what it's like to see the love of a father in heaven reach out to me and transform me, that how can I not be the hands and feet of Jesus to offer salvation, to offer healing and deliverance? It's like if you have if you have a cure for a sickness, are you going to hold it in to someone that you know is sick? Because I know what it's like. I mean, from an eating disorder to a speech impediment to cutting my wrist to self-hatred, like I know what it's like to be in prison. And I know what it's like to be set free. And so if I can offer one person freedom, then that's what why I do what I do. Wow. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Thank you for your transparency. This brings us to the final segment of the show. I hate the fact that our time is ending right now. I cannot wait to get you back on here. I feel like there's a thousand other things I want to talk to you about, but we will do that in due time. We will do that yes. in God's time. This brings us to our final segment of the show. This is my let them know segment. This is where you can share anything that you would like, anything about anything you have upcoming, speaking engagements, um, guests on a TV show, a word that God put on your heart, anything you'd like to let the audience know, Trudy, please let them know. All right. Well, you know, you can follow us at the ChristianView.tv. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram. We have a website. We have a YouTube channel. I'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can follow me at Dr. Trudy um, Facebook page. Let's see. Um, I have a book coming out soon, probably the first of the year. And then we have um, conferences coming up around, you know, the U.S. So if you want me to come and speak at your church, I'd be honored to do that. Um, and then I just pray that each person tonight, Eric, or today, or whoever, whenever you're listening to this broadcast has a supernatural love encounter with the Lord that rocks your world and changes your life for good because God loves you. He sees you. He hears you. You're not a mistake. You haven't messed up too much for his love. He is there for you. He is calling you and rooting for you to cross that finish line in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, he loves you and he sees you. Um, so I just want everyone to know that they're loved, Eric, that they're loved, that they're seen. And it would be great if you followed us on social media. Um, and I'd love to come and speak at your women's event or church event. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. Could I ask you to do one more thing for me? Yes. Would you mind closing us out in prayer as we get ready to wrap up this episode? I would love to. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. 
Father God, I just thank you that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that you are the great I am. I thank you, Lord, that you're the beginning and the end. I thank you that nothing catches you by surprise, Father God. And for everyone listening, tuning in, watching, Lord, I do pray that they have a supernatural love encounter with you that rocks their world and changes their life. Lord, let them know that you love them, that you see them, Father God, that you have great things for them, Father God. Let them know that you are for them and that no weapon formed against them shall prosper in the name of Jesus and that you will do far exceedingly abundantly more than they could ever imagine or hope for, Lord. We pray blessings. We pray peace. We pray provision. We pray passion. We pray purpose over them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Trudy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I look forward to having you back. We are playing, we are praying blessings over your ministry and everything that you are doing. Thank you so much for your transparency and everything that you shared today. And if you are listening to this podcast and you enjoy what you hear, please like, follow, share, and subscribe. It really helps us get the message out. It helps us spread the message of Jesus. We don't want to leave that. Um, we don't want to leave the message of Jesus in the hands of some random algorithm and robots and other people to decide how this is heard. So Please, please, please like, follow, share, and subscribe. Trudy, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate everything you shared. Thank you, Eric. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.